we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves real, or all introduce us or whatever real quick before we get started uh allow my myself name... to introduce introduce yeah allow yeah. me myself. to introduce yeah, yeah. Myself. Ours. Uh, myself me me <laughs> and so it begins uh, let's see uh like we could probably do it like this the white bearded fellow is master troy salt and pepper is uh-huh john Calico. and yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and uh my name is zach and uh we're three dms uh dms by night uh, and by adventures day. league that sounds like a comic book uh, yeah right uh, dms by night yeah Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are Master Troy Stanley and uh, the Dwarven DM, John Christian. Lolly ho, everyone. Lolly hey. Lolly ho. That is, for those of you out there that know, that is a callback to Final Fantasy IV on the Super Nintendo slash Famicom. Hmm. Well... Oh. That's what the dwarves would always uh, say in greeting. Uh, in lolly ho, lolly ho, lolly ho. Yeah. Wow, that sounds. Listen, man, don't wow. you re- don't you beef on Final <laughs> Fantasy Four. We will fight. It's too, it's way too early in the broadcast for that, man. Okay. <laughs> it's never too early. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's never too early. Uh. Well, here we've got a big episode in the store. We've got a smorgasbord of news to throw your way beforehand. So much news, I don't even hardly know where to start. I, you know what? I'll start with this. I said I was going to plug it every time. I am going to plug it every time. Den of Assassins hit ten thousand today, what, what? which is uh, which is a great little milestone. Really proud of it. I don't know that I need to say a lot more, but in case you skipped our last episode and and dove in now and have no idea what we're talking about Uh, my little crew released den of assassins a 5e product highlighting both player options and npc or yeah npcs and dm resources all themed around assassins and how uh, hired killers can infiltrate your campaign 12 new subclasses spells uh feats certainly ton of magic items layers like 24 new NPC stat blocks, bunch of stuff. In fact, we've done so well that Andrew, uh, my cohort there, is commissioning a ton of artwork for it today. Very nice. I'll tell you guys this. This was astounding to me, number-wise. He put out the call for artists, and he got 60 applications in eight hours. Oh, my God. Poof. Yep. Yep. So... That was kind of that was kind of crazy. I was glad he had to, he was going to sort through and not me. <laughs> wow. Yep. And so, uh, I'd encourage you to go check out Den of Assassins. We're a thousand percent funded, and uh, it's going to be fun. All right. So, <laughs> Thomas. Thomas is dead set on buying an RV. And already twice in chat, he has asked if any chance anyone has has an RV for sale. And now he's asking if any <laughs> any of our backers on <laughs> Den of Assassins. Uh, I, or, or was he asking about the artists if they had <laughs> if they had RVs? Fair enough. Uh, you know what? We'll just put out a uh, the next update to the backers. We'll be asking if anyone has an RV. That's right. Um, then just for you, Thomas. Uh, so let's see. We've got 
more Kickstarters galore to talk about today. I'm going to go ahead and slide into one that just came up on my radar this evening, and it had to go on the list. Temple of the Kraken God, a Morkborg adventure. I need to be making sure we're dropping these into... Hey, look at that. We're good. John's taking care of me. A Morkborg adventure. If you recall, gentlemen, I was not super blown away by the Morkborg uh, source book. I don't know. I feel like you were kind of blown As away. As a visual art by the By the confusion. Yeah. Yes. Like that... That book is a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> they think it served its purpose. There. But it looks it's... it looks fantastic. It looked mm. fantastic. There's so much cool stuff in it. I don't know how to run it. So I have been kind of like eyeing a good adventure that might lead the way mm. into this this game, this RPG. Uh, Morkborg is like this dark fantasy, but I would say almost like heavy metal, mm, mm-hmm. something of that nature. Just really sinister, really vile, really in-your-face sort of of an RPG. And uh, lo and behold, today I see uh, one of my favorite authors right now, Christian Eichhorn, just released Temple of the Kraken God on Kickstarter. If you have heard me talk about him before, if you recall that name, is because he did the Eberron 1099 Adventures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the DMs Guild, which I have now ran two of, and I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, not only did you run two of, uh, two of you ran them p- at public play, right? Didn't you do it at yes. uh, yep, DDW? Virtual. virtual D&D Weekend, yep. So I really like his stuff. If I'm going to find a, a way, a channel to get into Morkborg, I think it's going to be this adventure. And the <laughs> awesome thing about this, it's supposed to drop in August. Yeah. Yeah, That's a pretty good I believe it. Notice. He's a machine. Yeah, yeah. And it's print-on-demand. He's out of Germany, but it's print-on-demand, so it's, it's not going to cost me $30 <laughs> to get it here in the States. I think it's 13 bucks for the book, plus you'll pay the print-on-demand. So it's probably going to be like 20 bucks by the time we're all said and done. It's going to be mm-hmm. my guess. But I'm going to go ahead and just give this a solid recommend, sight unseen, book not in hand. I think it's a safe bet with Christian at this point that you're going to get something interesting. Let's uh, let's I'll try to follow it up in August, but right now I'm saying go on to Kickstarter. You got 13 days left as, the, as of this recording, pick up your copy of Kraken God. Mm-hmm. Troy. Sweet. Yes. You have a couple. I do. Let's go ahead and do the one that is ending soonest. Mm-hmm. Isle of the dreaded accursed. This is a joint project by someone who has been on our show before, JVC Perry, mm-hmm. Mr. Tarask, who has a YouTube channel and does advice and, and reviews and things like that, and Nord Games. Mm-hmm. And they are using JVC and Mr. Tarask, or Mr. T, is using the ultimate bestiary, the dreaded accursed from Nord Games, to populate this adventure. It sounds pretty cool. It's for 5th edition. There was a uh, an ocean goddess who demanded tribute. Mm-hmm. Her priests turned to necromancy, filled the temple with vile undead. Now she's mad, and she Mm -hmm. wants the most extravagant tribute of all. And until then, she's not going to be happy. So, yeah, so it's all this stuff where, you know, you're, you're trying to find what could 
possibly appease this ocean goddess. You're trying to figure out what's going on on uh, going on out on the island of the uh, at the temple. It uses Nord Games products, which are fantastic. Zach, I know, has They're a on my few. Shelf. Yeah, and uh, I have seen a few of them, and they look amazing. And the artwork in this is is really cool. the The cartography looks pretty cool, and I mean, everything that I've seen from JBC Perry has been awesome. Yeah. So I will I'll notate. Just a comment, because first off, you get a 20% discount off of the Ultimate Beast Gary products if you pledge at any level. Those books are really great. There's one centered around Undead. There's one centered around kind of Goblinoids and that sort of thing. Those are great books because they stay in a specific lane, and they flesh out that lane completely. So if you want a bunch of Undead creatures, and not just like weird Undead, but just like variants of Undead, that mm-hmm. you already know and love. You want a bunch of new types of skeletons or uh, zombies or whatever. That's what the Ultimate Beast series is about. I'd say uh, the content of their books are exceptional. Artwork is great, but not up to Kobold Press or Watsy Standards. So I, I don't ding it, but I just notate that. Like uh, the, the, the highlight here is the content itself, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And I think this is an awesome idea to 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 work in partnership with somebody who's cranking out, you know, resource material and to write an adventure for that resource material. This is a brilliant idea. Good oh, yeah. job. I mean, yeah. how many how many of us have bought a third party bestiary or something like that and yeah. forget to crack that sucker open when you're populating a dungeon. Right. Or yeah. an adventure. This all I think all companies really need to reach out and and grab some authors and say, hey, we're putting this out, write an adventure for it. And all of the author side, right? You're getting all this great art, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. like well, you, it, that's the biggest well, expense. The cover, the so, cover yeah, is it'd be, sweet it'd, looking. It'd be nice, right? If we're, even if they didn't go like the full 10 miles and make a 20, 30 page long adventure or however long adventure, right? What if it was just like a one pager for the, for a, a handful of the mo- of the monsters that were or the beasts in the bestiary, so to speak, right? And you do like a one or a, uh, like a front to back page, right, of a quick adventure or like an adventure seed or something like that. That to me is a really it's what it's like what we've said before about campaign settings. Think mm-hmm. having something for you to be able to like a seed of an adventure is really really important to be able to showcase what's so different and so mm-hmm. unique and so cool about your settings in particular. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious that it, that it translates to me at least translates to beasts also whenever you're putting those together. And there's a, yeah. there's a there's a few companies out there that do that mm-hmm. with with their with their monster books. And the, the nice thing about this, if you don't have the dreaded accursed bestiary, you don't actually need it because they're putting all the monsters in the in the adventure. Yeah, that, that are being used. So just like the just like the stat blocks or yeah the stat you know the stat blocks and the artwork. For oh, the okay. for the monsters, so not saying don't buy, yeah, the dreaded you don't have the to. dreaded curse, but you don't have mm-hmm. to, and you're getting twenty percent off of that when you back this at any level. So yeah. it's a, it's yeah. a win 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 all the way around. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. And it Love is it. already it is more well than funded. funded. It is yep. well past <laughs> funded. Uh, all the stretch goals have been hit. They they're actually going to produce some new some uh, dread dreaded accursed themed dice sets. Nice. They look pretty sweet, so. Excellent. Yeah. John, you got one or two. I do. Or yeah, three. I got, I got actually I got Maybe. two. Oh. Uh, yeah, I got I got two for me. Uh, they're 
they're weird ones, right? There's mm-hmm. one that is interesting, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, I won't back it. And then there's mm-hmm. one that I'm backing that I wish would make it and it's not going to make it. Right. So mm. the first one that I think is definitely going to make it is orb dice. Oh yeah. Uh, they've been advertising the snot out of that. Which is, it's an interesting concept. I mean, they've only got nine days to go as of this recording. So it's not like I'm, I'm helping them at all by, by publicizing. But I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. It's hard for me to reconcile the effectiveness of the dice, um, the feel. I'm, just, I'm a polyhedral guy, mm-hmm. right? right? I mean, I'm just stuck in the rut of the traditionalist. But uh, they are... They're orb dice, and the, the, the center is hollow-ish. It's a semi-hollow, and there is a steel ball bearing in it, that, uh, and there are facets inside the interior of the orb. So when you roll, they will, the ball will kind of uh, bounce around inside the center of the, the orb until it kind of locks into place into one of those facets, and then that is the down of the dice, and then the upward is uh, the other end of it. So, hmm. I mean... It makes sense, uh, and you can see it in the video. It it looks like it should work. Maybe I don't know. I just don't. I don't mm-hmm. trust round dice Mm-mm. at all. Uh, and they've got they got a full seven. Se- uh, the like D four, six, eight, ten, twelve, twenty side, and all that good stuff. But so much, yeah. It just seems. I mean, I'll, I'll be the I'll be the the ass. Um, it just seems gimmicky. Which what what dice aren't gimmicky? Honestly, like, yeah. Right. Like so I'm not I'm not trying to be I'm trying not trying to beat them up. I mean good for them. They're you know, they're they're doing well and that's fine. It's just not it's just not speaking to me at all with this one. But well, I mean, half a million dollars is speaking to enough people that they're exactly. like, Well there's there's there people out there that, that any if you say, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kickstart some dice, they're throwing money. Sure. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter yeah. it doesn't matter what the dice are, what they're made of or if they even roll well. I'll say this. I've I've seen dice that I'm more interested in, like the, the LED dice mm-hmm. is really, really cool. The, I, I didn't back the LED dice, though, because once again, it's one of those things where uh, I don't want to be Gen 1. I don't want to get Gen 1 dice and have the mm-hmm. LED burn out or something like that and then be then sit, sit around with a dud. And I don't yeah. want to buy an orb dice that rolls like crap, is either is, completely <laughs> in, is consistently inconsistent, right? So uh, tried and true, I'm okay with that. Or just you know, online dice, which is not super, it's not, not actually random. If you're talking about like mathematically, but it's close enough for, uh, for playing games online anyway. Yeah. So that's my I, first one. Yeah. Well, Go ahead. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, uh, if, if, if this company, I don't know if they will, they're from Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were, if they were to come to like Gen Con or something like that and I can touch them and roll them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Maybe. Right. And, they're not unreasonably priced, right? Like sixty dollars for a set isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Pretty, that's still pretty steep. Pretty steep, but but it is. the LED set was two hundred and some. Well, that was the other reason why I didn't yeah. get them because I'm not going <laughs> to drop that kind of coin <laughs> into yeah. something that may end up burning out on me. Right, like, two it, weeks yeah. after I've gotten it. But the LED dice served a purpose because you could you know connect that to roll twenty or or whatever True. other virtual tabletop. And you can get that feel of actually rolling the dice, and your result pops into the chat. It, and if you, that to me is like, oh, there's there's some juice for that. But yeah, two hundred bucks is still hmm. steep, man. Mm-hmm. Steep. And I get it, and it's cool, like the API and being able to to mm-hmm. uh, to create apps and stuff like that against it. It's really, really, it's a great idea. I just 
I, I won't be one of the ground floor investors on that one, unfortunately. No. Uh, no, I'll be. I'll have to purchase mine whenever the set is five hundred dollars per set instead of two hundred dollars per set or something crazy. Yeah, yeah. The second thing that I've got mm-hmm. is uh, the one that I'm. I'm disappointed that it's not going to make it, mm-hmm. and that is. Uh, it is a. Uh, there's a Kickstarter for reproduction 17th century playing cards. Okay, so I've been looking around for a set of cards that weren't your typical you know ace king queen like the the prototypical set of uh, deck of cards right mm-hmm. um like dra- uh, three dragon Andy would be neat if it didn't have a bunch of game speak on it i want to mm-hmm. be able to sit down and do like a, a mini game in my sessions where we can play a card game at the table and maybe maybe incorporate some d like d20 rolls into it um but uh, or just play and feel like that anachronistic mm-hmm. feel like you're you're playing something that's a period card game. Uh, this is it, uh, and it's unfortunate because there's no way they've got 16 days to go. They've haven't even hit the two thousand dollar level yet, and they've it's their goal is like thirteen thousand and some change. Um, I think with this one, so just to kind of to describe for those uh, at home that can't really see these, the links in the doobly doo, obviously, but they are pirate themed cards that mm-hmm. are with, without rounded corners they are hard edged uh straight corners mm-hmm. and they are they've been hand etched or hand uh drawn inked and then painted mm-hmm. uh obviously you're not going to get like the the originals right but they're it's it is, these are prints but um they look and feel like a deck of cards that you would have purchased in 17th century you know, mm-hmm. During that during that period, right? I think what ended up getting them with this, though, I think it's a really novel idea. Uh, I think that printing um, the cards should shouldn't wouldn't have forced them to have such a lofty goal. It's the coins it's the that's coins. killing them. And I mean, the how many coin kickstarters are out there? Tons, tons of period and fantasy coins. I've I've got a slew of my own coins in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, if they, if I feel like if, if they'd done this as like maybe a part two, like get get the get the card the deck back, yeah, backed, out there. built out there, and then make it people hungry for like another piece of the set that they can expand yeah. out to, I think they would have had a lot more success with this. So it's a bummer that it yeah. didn't work out because I would have actually, I mean, I've already I've backed it already, but it's not going anywhere. So yeah, um, I completely agree. I think it, I think they have two awesome products here that are mm-hmm. hamstrung by the fact that they wedged them together. Yeah. Yeah, I love the cards. I agree. It's like that's a cool set of cards. Cool artwork. It feels very setting appropriate. And they've also got a per- yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of stuff here that probably could have been divided up. They seem very small. They are small. cards. There's the cards. But they were, but small. The cards back then were were smaller. They had to be able to you know you had to carry them around easier, right? And paper was at a premium. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And so yeah. So yeah. And the artwork itself, right? I want to kind of like land on the artwork for a second. One of the things, the, the things that I had a problem with some of the other cards that are out there, other decks of cards that are similar to this, is they use modern art styles for these, mm-hmm. as opposed to like illuminated pages in mm-hmm. uh, like some medieval tome or something like that. This yeah. feels, inc- this looks incredibly authentic. Like yeah. this could have been scooped out of a, a historical manuscript yeah. or some, yeah. So uh, I really do like it. It's just a, yeah. a bummer that it's not going to pan out. I think the other thing here is this is from Poland, and I think by and large there it it's presented well, but there are a few things that are very obvious within the presentation 
where the translation to mm-hmm. English isn't perfect. And right. that can hurt the perceived value or quality or professionalism of a product mm-hmm. uh, right at the very beginning. We don't have to get into it, but like, like that's something to consider, I, I think, if you're creating a Kickstarter is making sure that if you're not doing it in your native language or your, you know, grammar isn't your strong suit that you have somebody else do a pass. So, but I like this Kickstarter. So yeah, it's a shame. I'll look forward to hopefully them relaunching and maybe getting on board at that point. Yep. That sounds good. Those are mine. Cool. I'll throw out my last one here. This one is interesting and I bring it up because it's had an interesting history. And I, I, I don't know that I'm going to, I, I don't know this creator well enough to have a yay or nay, but this Kickstarter was supposed to launch months and months ago and it was put on hold. The, they got a, some negative press tied to it. And so they reassessed, they brought on some additional consultants and writers and they relaunched. This is from Legendary Games. It's called Asian Monsters. Um, Legendary Games is a big creator in the kickstarter scene they put out a lot of books they've got 15 created kickstarters underneath their belt they do a lot of this i think we talked about mythos mythos monsters on here before and that was that Mm. was them i want to i want to kind of give a nod to the fact that they had a rough time several months ago and they really took a step backwards and tried to reevaluate their campaign, their launch, their presentation, what they were going to do with it. And then they put themselves back out there with this launch. I think this has been on now for a week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just about a week. And they are at 31,000 of a thousand dollar goal. Mm. So it's 90 some monsters, like 91, 90 plus monsters that are all themed around the legends of Asia. So I think it's cool. So, like, go ahead. I, I have an idea of why mm-hmm. but what do you know what specifically they were catching heat for yes I, okay because i am curious because you know i i can i can guess mm. but it's probably I, what I, you I, guess it's probably what you guess so legendary games is an american-based company it's it's a it's a american fellow that is that is creating it and you know he they had produced this book for earlier editions of D. i think maybe pathfinder even mm. And so they're just bringing the book into the modern system. And, you know, what was appropriate 10 years ago is no or, longer or what fully was overlooked. Overlooked, ago, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think the odd thing of where he caught flack was that his product kind of started to get trashed when he was putting a call out for consultants from these areas of Asia that, that he was going to be releasing a book oh. for. And it kind of became into came into the public eye of, oh, you're making this book. Well, you should, you know. So he got a lot of flack for as a person in America without any consultants having written a book that is fully Asian invested. Right. Again, though, I I don't necessarily at this one want to talk. I don't want to focus on negative yeah, that yeah. negative. I'm impressed that he was able to turn the ship around. And oh, put yeah. forth something mm-hmm. that's like this. And uh, honestly, I've even looked outside of Kickstarter and in other social media, and it's and it's pretty well accepted. So, kudos to him for really finding a way through that treacherous storm into something that that yeah. people can I, appreciate. Yeah, I, I was only I I didn't if if it sounded as as if I was being somewhat mm-hmm. 
cynical or facetious or whatever. I wasn't trying to be. I just kind of wondered. It's like, you know, it is kind of a touchy subject right now. And yeah. it can only benefit. You can only, on, on a product like this, you can only benefit by having people that are from those cultures help you. Sure. If, if you're not of that culture yourself, yeah. helping you, you know, get these details correct. Yeah. Because... I mean, I'm well, just gonna... as curious as anybody else. I want, I want to see the, you know, what these creatures, you know, yeah. can do, and, and and how I can add them into my games and stuff like that. But yeah, absolutely. So this is going to feature creatures from Australia, China, India, Indonesia, Malaysia, Japan, South Korea, and Thailand. Myths, legends, and lore. So hmm. yeah, that's my last one. Was Asian monsters on Kickstarter right now? Troy, finish us out here. Okay. Well, a few of you out there may have heard of a little YouTube channel. I think they just started, you know, maybe like a, a, a short time ago. They don't have that, that big of a following um, just yet. Uh, they're called WebDM. So, mm. you know, look for them. They, you might not be able to find a lot of their content, you know, <laughs> but take a look. Uh, they have jumped into the world of game design and kickstarter with weird wastelands and i am telling you what this thing is hitting a lot of notes for me this is this is what eberron needs for the mornland mm. this is what you need if you want to put together your own dark sun mm -hmm. kind of campaign it has all of that stuff in it the weird, the wacky, the deadly, the bizarre, mm -hmm. brand new class options, the Scion, hmm. mm -hmm. uh, new subclasses, new mechanics, new locations of, of, of peril and, and discovery, monsters, of course, adventure hooks, tools, tables, toys, all this stuff that you could use to, to make your wasteland adventures even more crazy and freaky for your players. And the WebDM guys are awesome. I mean, I listen to them quite a bit. And they've even got, I think right now they have one episode out where they've talked about this. They're going to have a few more coming. And I'm stoked. I, I am in on this. I want this for my Eberron games. I want this for when and if Wizards ever gives me Dark Sun. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am, I'm set. They even have a foreword written by a guy named Monty Cook. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. I, okay, so you want to hear my, my, okay, first and foremost, I think I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to temper this. I think that their yeah. presentation, the weird wastelands and all that is awesome. Like what you just said, absolutely love. I may back this just because I like WebDM like you mm -hmm. do. And I love the presentation of this. This is one instance where them onboarding with a distributor is warning me away oh 2cg is on yeah. here i have yet to be impressed with any 2cg products oh really they produce a lot they produce big books they have a lot of people that climb on board with them but i've seen them a couple times at trade shows and i was not a fan so so i'm going i may even back this just because i believe in webdm's consistency of quality and they're what they put out. And I love the presentation. Mm -hmm. So this may be an instance of 2CG just handling distribution. And in which case, that's great. 
that's not meant to be a downplay on this this project. I think if you like this pitch, you should back it. But two CG is is, I think their own core house product could use some work. We'll I put see. It that way. Well, I mean, it, it's written by you know Jim Dam- Davis, Jonathan Pruitt, and yeah. Emma Lambert. Yeah. So maybe maybe you know two two C gaming is just uh, helping out with the printing and the distribution, like you said. So yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, I, I'm 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 working through my own prejudice against 2CG, and leaning into this project. So, cool, boy. All right, is that all our news for this round? Uh, all right, so, uh, so you got a whole bunch of Kickstarters to to sink your teeth into this time around. We're gonna go refill our cups and dive into the agony uh, of defeats. Yes. Mm. See you Sad then. trombone trombone noise. <laughs> and we're back. We are Got back. Drinks refilled. I am. I think uh, this has potential to be a uh, one of the greats as far as our episodes go. I think as a Good topic, mm. timely, and I think uh, we all have various experience with this topic. Some of it is very, very recent, um, so mm-hmm. I think that's kind of why we decided mm-hmm. to jump on in there, talk about it, kind of break the cycle of Van Richten's, because sometimes when something happens at the table, you got to talk about it right then yep. or or very soon, and uh, so that's what we're, we're going to be doing. Uh, John, you pitched this to us so why don't you at least kind of introduce the topic yeah uh i think this is one that obviously the three of us have had to deal with uh, i think a lot of tables deal with the the cons the ad- idea of defeat whether intentional or unintentional su- whether it's successful or a failure to deal with defeat in a, in a game uh, sometimes it's by accident sometimes you try to plan defeat in a in a session or in a story and you know to varying degrees of success so this actually stems back from a couple of weeks ago with my friday game we're running through the the dragons of eternal rhyme and there's a part in the the story where they go to the uh the the yarlmut and the i i plugged in an important like a, a MacGuffin, right an important item that was there and they went through a lot to get in and get out. And whenever they got out, they had this belloc moment from Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where, oh, so good to see you, Dr. Jones. Thank you for doing all the work for me. I'll take the MacGuffin now, right? Mm-hmm. And so they kind of got, my players are smart enough to know me well enough to know that I'll put things in front of them that are going to be deadly dangerous, that they're, they're going to be above their, their weight class, so to speak. And so in this instance, they might have been able to make it, but the, they tr- they kind of like they picked the fight and it was not going well at all. I think we had a lot of really bad roles. Um, and the way that I kind of I plotted it out was I was going to just see how, it, you know, how the way that it ended up panning out, right? Sometimes you, you win, sometimes you lose. And so the, uh, the end result was they lost the MacGuffin and uh, about half the players were like, well, you know, that's something that happens from time to time. Sometimes you got to lose. Some of the players were not mad about it at all, but they were they were frustrated 
that they lost something that was important before they knew why it was even important in the first place. You know, they kind of had an idea that it was important and had some like mutterings about it, but that was it. And so, but to them, they took it personally, not like me being the bad guy and I did it personally to them, but they kind of took it, they took it hard. And so that's kind of spun up on this. There are several times in my DMing career in the the past where I've either plotted out specific points where I expected the the players to fail or something went horribly wrong. I mean, the first episode that we all recorded together was all about the player that would be king. And it went really, really bad, really badly, right? And so I wanted to kind of bring the three of us together to see some of our experiences that we've had in the past, some of the instances where this has happened. And we've, we've done, a, I think, a really good job of kind of plotting out the discussion as much as we can. This honestly could be either crazy, crazy long now, or this could be multi-part. I think we could revisit this at some point or another. Because I think it's important for, for players and DMs alike to understand the nuances of defeat that it can, like a really I love uh, personally I love John Wick Taken mm-hmm. uh, Equalizer where the good guy just a nobody where the good guy never has a hard time just kicks the crap out of everybody and I feel super satisfied at the end of it because evil got beat and that's great but I also like the hero's uh, journey and in the within the hero's journey there is the you know you fall on your face right it's the third act kind of curse Empire so. Strikes Back. Yeah, or second act, yes, uh, in the third act, right? Yeah, it's Empire Strikes Back. So, well, yeah, go ahead. Oddly enough, <clears throat> you, you said John Wick, Equalizer, and uh, nobody is one that just came out. Uh, taken is the taken. other one. I was... Okay, so I disagree with you straight oh, out of the boy. gate. I was I was straight say. out of the gate because all mm-hmm. three of those movies, I haven't seen nobody yet, but all three of those movies, they lose something. Okay. Well, and, they, and they they are defeated, and then they go on their rampage and win because he's he's just trying to be a guy. He's just trying. John Wick, I mm-hmm. just want to be left alone. I want to I want to wallow in my misery with my nice car and my and cool my little puppy. Mm-hmm. Just leave me alone. And they defeated him by taking all of that away for no reason other than to take that car. They took the MacGuffin. They took the MacGuffin. The loss of the MacGuffin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and so he went said, on a revenge tear. Yeah. I think, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Zach, please. Well, well, I think there's two things that maybe we're talking about here. And maybe, to your point, John, maybe we need to pick one for this yes. episode and then bounce. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's two things, right? There's the loss that's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. The thing that's part of the story. Right, and the the play, yeah, yeah, the players may not understand that, but you, as the DM, know that this is part of the grand scheme to tell a moving story. And then there's the type of loss, and and your kind of subtitle for this episode Mm -hmm. was where everything goes horribly wrong. Yep. And to me, that's when you didn't have it planned, the players didn't have it planned, and it all fell apart anyways. (laughs) And I think that's. I don't care which one we do if we do both, but that's the one that I think is harder to recover from mm-hmm. in a graceful way because you can't sit there confident and instill confidence in them and say, it's all going to be fine. It's part of this. They don't feel that confidence coming off of you. They feel, mm. oh no. Panic. <laughs> Sheer so panic. I, 
I think that where this really stemmed from. So let's, I if we if we need to choose a path, I say that in this instance, let's choose the path where it goes horribly wrong. Let's stick to that. Fair enough. Right where you've got. I think that there are more than enough times. I'm not going to re- recount the the tale of Edgar again, but more than enough times where the ones that we've kind of got listed here are where either you had the TPK, they yep. failed the quest. Yeah. Right. That's and then, awful. And, Right, they failed the quest, and then, or there's the death of a critical NPC, uh, the loss of the MacGuffin. Those are kind of the four. There are more, more than more than that, I'm sure. But those are kind of the four that I identified immediately in my own experiences that that kind of that came up in the past. Yep. And, uh, and so, really, okay, I think I've, go ahead. I'll I'll just kind of put in a little addendum. You put TPK. I'm going to say death of important party members or you know, yes. multiple party members in addition to TPK. Sometimes mm-hmm. one person early in the campaign isn't a huge deal. Mm-hmm. But I think you can, all, there's there's horribly wrong, there's stages of horribly wrong even before you get to that TPK mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's do this then. Uh, let's let's do some of the, like some examples of the different instances that we've got. And if yep. we can, let's do like, tell the story, like the elevator pitch of the story. And then what was the end result? Did, were you able to work it out? And if you did, how? Right? Mm. And let's start with the TPK. That's the one that everybody has to deal with eventually, is uh, is the, the party gets... Troy is shaking his head. Troy has never had a TPK. I've yeah. never had a TPK. Your contribution is going to be nil on this part. I'm going to be like, I, I got buffkiss on this. It, it is, John, go ahead. It, go ahead. It's the one... You see the, the DM checklist? <laughs> you know, that is the one thing. I think on that DM checklist that I do not have mm. is mm. a is a is a TPK. Well, John, you and I could share that. We could story. Actually, I think you. I think you could. You could think you could tell that story the best. Please, please do. Okay, I'll I'll be real short and sweet. I I got to play in one of John's campaigns for a hot minute, and mm-hmm. um, we entered our first quote unquote dungeon, and at the end of this dungeon, there was a bad guy and his two lackeys that were going to be a tough fight. And to make matters worse, we had kind of been lackadaisical with our use of abilities, healing mm-hmm. up, caution, all of those things all the way up until that point. So we're, we're running on empty before we even start the fight. And I have one last thing in the tank, right? One last card up the sleeve. And I throw it on the bad guy oh, and I lock him down. And it was so this satisfying. So it was literally the wizard had to go into the front of the fight he, the bad guy had to fail a saving throw and but if all of that happened it it was going to put our combat in the bag nice and clean give us a yeah, good shot and it worked and i had the guy locked down and then like i want to say it was the very next turn yeah, it, it could it, have it, been it, not. it was yeah it was the same no it was the same turn it was you it was you went and then they went yeah immediately after you did yeah yes and the table's like all right yeah 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 then it's like next guy i run up and hit the bad guy Mm -hmm. and everybody just went dead silent because zach had the guy charmed yep zach had the villain (laughs) charmed the guy was not going to do anything we could take care of the lackeys Mm -hmm. and and the whole table i i commend I pat all of us, including John, on the back for how silent that room went. Because mm-hmm. no one said no. <laughs> yep. Everybody was just like, 
what I did do is what I usually do whenever I like you. It's a tell, right? It's yeah. it's definitely it's, my poker face yeah. is terrible when when I think of players doing something that's really stupid. Yeah. I be like, I'll repeat it back to them. Yeah. It's like, okay, and so you want to run up and you want to hit this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want to do. All right, okay. then you hit him, and buddy, it went downhill real fast right I, after I, there that. Was now two, yeah, two of us went down in that same turn. We in that one case. Then now let's be fair too. It, it, the dice did not help at all. No, 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 no. It it was it probably the dice sped things along. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying that we would have for sure TPK'd regardless, but it was so obvious that we were not going to win by the mm. end of that turn. Yeah. And yeah. then it just went boop. And then by like round three, it was over. It was yeah. It was over. Uh so now, yeah, I mean, and t- technically, one person did get away. Eck would have gotten away. He would have gotten away, like legit. He he was able to like bamf out of there, and and he could have run, right? But it was, but it was legit. I would still consider it a TPK. He would have just do. died in the next room. Oh yeah, or something would have happened. He would have gotten out. No, what probably would have happened is he would have gotten out of the, the the dungeon, and all of the bad guys that are outside of the dungeon would have converged, and yeah, yeah. it was like it was in, it was inevitable. Yeah, it was so it was so fast. That that's yeah. what we take away from this one, right? Like it was bad choices on the party, then another bad choice on on one from one member of the party. Mm-hmm. And it it was over before you could blink oh, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's okay. So now let's talk at, aftermath, right? In the aftermath of it, it was it I it you I literally watched everyone or heard everyone all of the wind pull out of their sails it, it was it was deafening it was so like it was so sad I, because they were kind of like just dumbstruck oh i my enjoyed God. it so much i enjoyed it so much <laughs> i knew you would yeah <laughs> i was sadist. like this is the best like the best moment ever because watching every person kind of come to terms with just yeah was such a interesting dynamic i i, I was pleased uh and then so okay so after so we're trying to figure out me being nice guy DM, probably a really nice guy. I was like, oh, well, we can try to figure something out to, you know, we'll kind of like hand wave this. And But I, I kind of had like this moment where I was like, all right, hang on a second, guys. Let's let's have a little discussion about what just happened. And we had to break it to the guy that ruined, that wrecked the whole thing that like, dude, y- you, you boned it for everybody, my friend. He's like, oh, yeah, man, I'm really sorry about that. Like, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Uh, but it was uh, it was painful. But and it was like, well, what do you guys want to do? Was the thing I wanted to ask them. It was like, do we do you want me to try to create a narrative way of kind of getting out of all this, or do you want to just go ahead and say that's it? And you know, and maybe you know, Gen Two comes in and plots a revenge against the bad guys for killing all the heroes of whatever, right? And so after much talk and and chitter chatter about it, Zach was staunchly in the camp of, oh nay nay, we're all dead. Like he was That's adamantly defending that position. You don't learn uh, the lesson if you don't learn the lesson. You <laughs> don't, don't learn you. the lesson if you don't. <laughs> That's right. And so, but what, what we try, I tried to do is tried to um, like, is try to take the narrative approach that one of the bad guys that was in the room also was a sleeper agent for the Harpers. And so whenever they were chasing after one character, like the X character who was escaping, whenever he left, that he killed his buddy and that, whatever. And, but it was like, Everybody could tell that it was so it was disingenuous. It was so contrived. 
Yeah, it was very contrived, and then almost what immediately I would say that was pretty much the end of the. That was almost the end of the uh, of the adventure. Uh, that I think we did like maybe one more session after that or two or something like that. Yeah. And then everybody yeah, kind of like really lost steam. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So. Which, which I think, I think that's okay. Like, I mean, mm. like it's not the way you want it to always happen, but sure. like sometimes, sometimes that, that's a story that you're never going to forget. So. Oh man. <sighs> buddy, buddy. All right, Troy, you don't have anything. You got I, no, no, I, like, I've you... never been the DM during a TPK. I have been the part of a TPK that was to me, just so bad. It was. It was. It was one of the only times that, at the end of the session, I I packed up my stuff and I left mad. Oh, wow. And the entire group left mad. Mm. We were playing a D twenty modern game where we were super soldiers in World mm-hmm. War Two, mm-hmm. and the the DM we had we had great guy. Um, he's 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 passed on now. So I mean, I'm not speaking bad. He's a great storyteller, mm-hmm. as long as he was telling his story, mm-hmm. you know. And it was okay. You guys are super soldiers. You have all. It, none of us had all the abilities of Captain America. We just had parts. Mm-hmm. So all together, we were we were Captain America. Mm-hmm. Okay, right on. And. You would think that okay, the, the U.S. government, the Allies, and whatnot are putting money into creating this these super soldiers to win the war. You would think they would they would uh, outfit us with the top of the line equipment, right? He it was he would hamstring. He was like, well, this is what uh, you know the soldiers at the time were issued. You know, some of you, you know, a couple of you have the Thompsons, but everybody else has the M1. It's like really. Okay. Well, what about some of this? No, no, nothing, nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary. He drops us behind enemy lines. We have to go into this castle, and there's no, there's no running gun punching, you know, Nazis in the face and stuff like that. It's very. We have to be sneaky and quiet, which is okay. Mm-hmm. But then we get hit with this super soldier and an axis super soldier in a prototype ish iron man suit mm-hmm. we're just dudes running around in our in our greens with rifles and and submachine guns and he is in a full on iron man suit flying around blasting us with you know flame and and napalm and whatever else and Two of the characters were captured in in the session previous. The rest of us had to uh, frantically follow and figure out where they're taking our buddies. Mm -hmm. They're loaded on a train. We jump on the train. We're we're fighting our way through. So this is our our time to finally just be all badass and doing cool stuff. We get to the car that they're held in. This is supposed to be, you know, World War era, World Mm -hmm. War II era technology and sensibilities, they are in these stasis pods that they're being taken back because they're going to be studied so that they can be used to improve their super soldier serum. We're up against this dude in the, in the tin can, right? Yep. He's just, he's just kicking our butt. We have to have all of us available to fight this guy. So I go in and I'm like, how do I, how do I wake these guys up? Where's, 
We've all seen those movies, right? There's a big red button that says off. <laughs> right. Or switch or something. No. No, no bad guys would do that. Nobody would, would put just an obvious button like that. You have to figure out the thing. It's like none of us have any backgrounds, any skills, any anything to, that would figure this out. Where's the big red button? Don't have one. You have to just figure it out. I killed two of the party members trying to wake them up so that we could defeat this guy. And I'm like, no saving throws, no nothing. It was like, well, what do you do? And I'm just looking at them and go, guys, what do you want me to do? And they're like, do what you got to do. Well, I, I do this because I think this, because I, I personally, you know, speak a little German. Mm. And I'm like, is there any buttons that say this or this or this? Yeah, something like that. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm pushing those. Uh, power back feeds. <laughs> the guy inside is roasted alive as the it incinerates. And I'm like, uh, What? And then I try to do something different to the other thing. Nope, the uh, whatever's keeping them in stasis accelerates, and they they shatter because they're you know they're the cold is just too intense or something like that. And it's like, okay, so now I've killed both of these characters. There's only three of us left, and the two guys outside are getting their butts handed to them by Tin Can Man. I run back out there and. The only thing we can think of is to detonate. There's like some kind of a bomb on the back of this thing. So we detonate the bomb to try to take that guy out too. And no, we die. He's fine. So the entire party is dead. And yeah, so we all left and and, uh, was very cranky about it. The DM, the game master was talking to me afterwards. And I'm like, why did you do that to us? Why did you put us in such a no-win situation? Well, you guys could have figured out how to turn the different thing, the, the things off. But we weren't. But we didn't. <laughs> when the first person got vaporized, they should have clued you in. This was yeah, not going to go he, very he well. Was a very, he was a very hard line. Right. Well, that's what it is. That's what it is. And it's like... Mm, mm. That's fun. Right? And it's like, okay, okay so th- where's the rest of that campaign going? Nowhere, because right. we're all dead. Well, yeah. that brings up a really good subject or a good point in all of this right is learning how to telegraph whenever things are going bad and do you make the decision you have to make the decision of do you direct players away from certain death somehow or do you just let it play itself out yeah for me at least I try not to punish players for they've, they've they're trying to make good decisions. They've been paying attention and they're just not getting it. Is that their fault or is it my fault as the DM that I haven't right. given them the information that they need clear clearly enough to where they can make educated decisions on what they should do next or like if I don't clearly define that this bad guy is super crazy dangerous and give them an instance of it happening, then they think that they can take that that person out. So is there, 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 what you're saying is that there's sometimes you allow things, maybe you keep things from going horribly wrong if you see that it's on you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? If this is my fault that things are going mm-hmm. bad, I probably need, uh, you know, to pull the eject, push yeah. the eject button, you know, pull yeah. the parachute, whatever, right? Because like, if this ends badly, everybody knows that it's because it wasn't because of how the dice fell. It wasn't because they made stupid choices. It's because I somewhat intentionally or or 
miscalculate. Like something, it's on me, and everybody's going to know it. We're going to pull mm-hmm. this button, right? Yeah, it's not fair right. to them. It's not fair to the party for me to kill the right. whole party. Yeah, I think that's a fair. But again, it, you got to ride that line because, like you said, John, like you didn't do anything wrong, I, but it, right, but 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 there's but that, and I, that's that why element I, of disingenuineness. Right. Okay, can right. really that was, sour that was the, the I, batch. I think right? that was my yeah. error yeah. was that whenever it went wrong, when it, okay, I'm like, this was really dumb, and this was the player's fault. I have to let this play out, right? Yeah, because absolutely. if I if I if I turn into a nanny. And intervene at that yep. point, then yep. bad behavior continues, and you're just like, "Oh, well, we're we're, we're playing on God mode at that that yeah. point." And so, yeah. none of our actions have any any consequences. And that to me yeah. is that's just that's a bad game, right? Yeah. But uh, so I let that play out, and then it played out, and then I'm like, I felt bad because I I thought we're all really seasoned adventurers and play, players here, and I figured, well, I mean, they've seen defeat before. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to go as bad as that. I thought we might lose a person or two, and then we'd figure something out, but. I didn't know that it would be a full-blown TPK. And then once, but, but like, it was, so nobody fast. was like, nobody was like super upset about it, like a mad at me or anything like that. But it was just like, oh man, oh, wow. They felt, I felt so terrible because of how bad, it, it was just like a, <laughs> like a funeral well, immediately when, after it happened. Yeah, when the, when the players are the ones that are pushing the snowball down the hill and it just gets so yeah. big they can't control it, that's one thing. Yeah. yeah. But when, when the, and the game master has you on a rail, yeah, and towards death, yeah, towards hell bent, yeah, hell bent yeah. like, towards the the precipice, yeah. And and even when the players are giving you the out, or at least give us something to a string to pull on somewhere to help yeah. us, and it's like you're just nope. This is what yeah. I wrote down. This right. is the path we're going down, and oh, sorry about your luck. Yeah, the way that it seems like if I were to if I were to try to like analyze what happened with with all of you, it was that there was no lack of attempt or desire to try to figure out what you're supposed to do. It's like I don't know what to do, and seeing people struggle like that, it's like they obviously only have the player perspective, but I as the DM, I'm seeing other things in here because I wrote this or I've mm-hmm. I've re- or I've read all of it already, and they're yeah. just not seeing the dots that they need to use to connect things together. Yeah. So that's on me, and I'm not going to punish them for that, you know. Yeah, yeah. G- give um, give the uh, you know there are things that players know that characters don't, mm-hmm. and that's called metagaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. On the flip side of that, there are things that these characters know that yes. we will never think of as players. Mm-hmm. So, and that's on the DM, I think, to at least pull on, hey, why don't you give me a, this check? Or, no, you wouldn't do that because you know for sure. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, don't hit the the charmed person because you could forget. Mm. Yeah. What's your, real quick before we move off this? What's your what are your favorite eject buttons that don't come off? You feel like often don't come off as disingenuous, but twist the knob slightly in the favor of the party. I'll, I'll start with the brief one. Mine is I if 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 I realize that I need to start twisting that knob, first thing I do is the bad guys do not hit you when you're down. Hmm. Right. So that that's an easy one because that's a knob that players hope is turned in their favor already, right? So mm-hmm. like it's not a disingenuous one because most of the time you don't do that. Right? So it's mm-hmm. easy to just flick that back off 
so that that'd be mine is like that's the first one that gets turned is like okay this is bad i need to fix this or at least help fix this the bad guys are going to attack a lot party members before they hit down ones. Mm-hmm. yeah okay troy i would say uh hubris if mm-hmm. if my bad guys are stomping a mud hole and i'm seeing it's bad dice rolls or or something that that they're just not they can't get out from under my my bad guy could be like oh i'm going to win and i'm going to start taunting you and i'm not going to i'm not going to hit you you know go full nova on you because i'm i'm badass i can do it are you monologuing yeah you're exactly. monologuing you're right monologuing. Now. you got me monologuing <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and and you give them that ha moment or 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 just a a positioning or even the the the, the hubris of I'm leaving your threat to go hit this person because you're not Mm -hmm. doing anything to me, but I think he's more of a a threat. So I'm going to turn my back on you. Oh, I'm going to take an attack of opportunity. Okay. Oh, that hit harder than I thought. You know, and then you're like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, For me, it's reinforcements. That's the one that does it for me. Uh, A good example that I had my, my other example I was going to have for the TPK was uh, I wiped out my wife's entire party during curse of Strahd. Whenever they went into the coffin maker's attic, yeah, and it was full of vampire spawn, and Oops. they got murdered, and so they had made friends with Van Richten and with a couple of the others. So and the, like the ravens, uh, the were ravens and stuff like that were were watching them going in, and they're like, they know that this is bad medicine. So Van Richten comes in as like people are have dropped down. I did kind of a fade to black, and then. It's like all you see is like you open your eyes briefly and you see this man and it's like it's Van Richten in his, in his like true form where he's not uh, Rodolfo or whatever his name was, uh, Ronaldo or I can't remember what his, his a- alias was. And so that was that's it for me. Sometimes I'll have an NPC that will come in and bolster because what's good for the goose is good for the gander in my games. Sometimes if the if the players are just completely mopping the floor with bad guys, I'm gonna throw another bad guy in there because mm-hmm. like I, I've obviously grossly underestimated my players and I need to put another baddie in there. So what I'll do is I'll bring somebody in that's kind of in a round two or three that acts as an NPC that they can control or they can direct that will help them out with that. In this instance though, they, this was like fade to black and Mm. then whatever they wake up, they're in hospital beds kind of thing. And Van Richten has, has saved, saved their bacon. Mm. That was that though. I did that reason. Here's the other reason why though, because these were players that hadn't played a lot. And they mm-hmm. hadn't gotten that yet, right? So yeah, yeah. What we we used it as an opportunity to, like, there are really dangerous things here. And it's not going to always be, like, Taken, Troy, I'm looking yeah. at you, Troy, <laughs> Taken and Equalizer, which I, I totally disagree with you on that, that first bit at the very beginning. <laughs> but, like, it's not going to always be where you can, you're going to win every single time. And you have to yeah. really sometimes calculate what you're going to do. So they learned from it, and then they, ad- they adapted. So it was a really good learning experience for them. So... Maybe we take this next bullet, uh-huh. that's quest failure, yep. and we 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 explore that, and maybe is find the gaps in there where maybe there's a middle of the road where we're not pulling the eject button, but mm-hmm. is is there is there softer ways of doing that without fully you know? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about quest. I think quest failure is probably the worst out of these. Like TPKs are awful, but mm-hmm. but. I don't know, like, like they're 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 different in a different way, you know. Death of a critical NPC that could be a a, a moment, which is fun. 
mm-hmm. um, uh, loss of MacGuffin, same thing. But like quest failure, like like just you're running Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, Irene Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. If you don't win at the end of a of a campaign, mm-hmm. if you lose, whether that's a TPK or the big bad destroys the world or whatever, you've been building to that for a very long time. You need it to happen. <laughs> You need right. it to happen. You need it to happen just as bad as they do because right. in your mind, that's that's the end of the movie, right? That's like the the, you, your movie doesn't end with a with a TPK or the the destruction of the world or the you know whatever whatever. Um, it it ends with the ends with the good guys winning. So so what do you guys have any instances of of evil winning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. S- same DM or same game master. <laughs> it's a it's a, theme. a rep. It's a thing. to build a rep. Yeah, another roll twenty or modern twenty mm-hmm. um, game, and we were told it was at the time present day, and it's an invasion. Mm-hmm. That was how we made our characters, and we're all thinking, we're all talking because he he would like drop hints here and there. We all thought it was a uh, a zombie invasion. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the idea that we made our, our characters around and it wasn't, it was a war of the worlds type thing. Mm-hmm. And so none of us, I, th- I think one of us had any skill at all with firearms <laughs> and yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was horrible. I was playing and, and the, the, the bad part of it, he was like, okay, Go ahead and make three characters. Oh boy, don't start a game like that, man. You're asking for the hurt. And the 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 weird part about it was like your first character starts at fifth level or something. The second character is now fourth level, uh, and the last character is third level because you're going to be punished if you die. And it's oh like, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'm thinking again, zombie invasion. I don't want to be too obvious and, and take someone that's running around with a machine gun. So <laughs> I created a professional wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, Absolutely. Yeah. And the premise was we were all in a defensive driving class together. <laughs> and we had to come up with why we were in defensive driving. Which is and, a great, that's a great start. I'm oh, not going to lie like that. One of my buddies, he was the instructor, and and he was very he was very uh, by the book and uh, Mister Seat Forty Seven, you know that kind of thing. It was bizarre. We had a one of the other guys was a <laughs> a a I guess semi successful male dancer, male stripper. All um, right, yeah, it was, uh, bizarre. It it went from the place where you know the our our hometown was invaded. We're we're on the run. The city is destroyed. We're out in the in the farmlands trying to find stuff. We find a farmstead uh, that we that we're helping people out. Another group comes by on a school bus to try and take all of our stuff. In the middle of that fight, and I'm and I'm running around with two aluminum baseball bats and just wrecking people. I'm thinking. Well, maybe, maybe you know, when the aliens show up, hopefully they're little gray guys or something. And I can just pfft. no. The aliens show up and they're like ten feet tall, 
they look like the Violator from Spawn. Oh boy! Yeah, and th- and that was his inspiration. And it's like, and of course, somebody had brought in a Humvee with the like the fifty cal or whatever on the top mm-hmm. in the turret, and I jumped in that thinking I'm just gonna but 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 like you see in the movies, and he's like, "Do you have firearm skill?" Uh, no. Well, you can shoot one shot around. And I'm like, I can't just hold my fingers down and just move the turret back and forth. Nope. And nope. nope. So that character died. I'm sure it did. And I had to argue and bitch and plead to have my death moment because somebody, because I had a, uh, it was either a stick of dynamite or a road flare. And I was laying in the back of the Humvee bleeding out and I lit it and stuck it in the jerry can. Mm-hmm to blow up so I could at least take one out as I died. And he almost didn't let me have that. But anyway, I got through, I got down to my third character. Everybody else was like on their, on their second or third. We somehow find so dumb, a nuclear warhead. There it is. One of, one of the guys, one of the guys knew how to arm it. Of course they Mm -hmm. did. Which I don't know how that worked out. We we all the rest of us are are dead except for two. Well, it's just a match and a fuse. It's pretty much, but they were gonna like wild coyote. They were gonna set it up. arms. Yeah, to detonate on impact, but they had to get to a point where it would drop far enough to actually explode. Right? I I don't know. I don't know these things. How these work? I was at this point. I was a spectator because I was one of the one of the four dead guys. Mm-hmm. And we're just like okay. And so they find this this radio tower, and they carry just the uh, the payload up to the top of the radio tower, and they're going to they they have some minor explosives to blow up the bottom of the radio tower so it falls and then is going to blow up and wipe out hmm. all the aliens. Right? Apparently, they did not uh, succeed on their nuclear warhead setting check. Mm-hmm. Everything else was fine. They blew up the tower. The tower falls, poof, and it just rolls. And it's like that's the end. Oh crap! <laughs> and, and we're all like, I don't understand why my players keep going home mad. Yeah, it's like seriously? why are you guys mad so much? You're it's cranky. Like, now, now, now it's a six level campaign, but I had to, I had to start a first level fourth guy. Mm-hmm. To oh no, gosh. we're done. And that we went from that game. To the Super Soldier game. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Buddy. Well, here, let me let me follow that up real quick with a real really fast uh, Storm King Thunder first giant stronghold that my party tr- decides to take on is Groot Hog, and I love this party so much. But their plan of attack for this giant stronghold is for all of them to go in a different door. It's completely split the party in this massive fortress. All go in different doors and try to attack from different angles. And two of them try to sneak in through the river or the lake. By the time they even get in, the rest of the party is almost dead. (laughs) And they fought tooth and nail to get the hill giants to right at the edge. And the party was right at the edge, right? One of there was going to be. Somebody was going to die real fast. The, one side of this was going to die. And they ran. Party ran at the 
they took off and and got out of there. And it was awful though. Be I say I say this is a quest failure because that's the next part of the campaign mm -hmm. is winning one of those, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they ran. And and their their mindset was we couldn't even beat the hill giants. There's no way we're going to fight anybody else. And so we had literally like six months of them building up uh, strength <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so that they could go back and fight the hill giants when literally I think there was like maybe a hundred hit points combined between all the giants that mm -hmm. had been left the first time. But they need they, they it, it, it was it completely killed the momentum of the campaign. Right. They went back to the to first retreat. zone and started fighting boars over and over and over again. Exactly. In order to get their exactly. Up. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So that's my examples of quest failure. Just like, you know, they they did the right thing by maybe by retreating under different circumstances, but when you need to win this to advance the next level of the adventure, hmm. um, you got you got to push through, and yeah. uh, they didn't they didn't make it so. So I'll, mine's a pretty quick one for quest failure. I'll go back to, you know, the one that we know about, we know about Edgar. I'll revisit that really quickly. Whenever Edgar died and they never really gained momentum, I couldn't get people back to the table to, to play for, yeah. for much longer after that. And so the, the whole thing fizzled out. So what I ended up doing is I incorporated, I rolled that into the story yeah. and into the story, the background, the story of the, the world in that, well, the adventurers gave up. And so, or they died or they split up because they were, their morale was broken. And so what ended up happening is what ended up happening. And so an apocalyptic event occurred in my world as a result of it. And so whenever I played the next game with those, with that group in that same world, it was a fast forward to 50 years. And then the, that country that was kind of the center point, focal point of that adventure yeah. was like a blighted land. It was mm. almost like the Mornland kind of thing, right? <clears throat> and so that just became a part of the part of the ongoing lore of the world, right? And mm -hmm. so that was they didn't know much about it, so they were having to figure out. Yeah, they didn't know that that's what it was, though, right? So some because some of the different regions would they would refer to regions as one thing or another, or some of the players didn't really remember everything, so they would start putting things together within the first like two or three sessions, like, oh my god, I know where we are, or I know where we're mm -hmm. going. And they're like, this is what happened because we failed, right? So I, <laughs> I used that in, in that instance. Yeah, and it, cool. I think that's that's the that's the I think a really good insight, and that's what I ended up doing with mine too. Is like if if you have the quest failure, that horribly mm -hmm. wrong quest failure, line up another quest ASAP. Something yes. that you know, get that shift. Don't let them sit in that mm -hmm. failure. Give them a win. Yes. Quickly. Awesome. Yeah, I think I think uh, that one's difficult, and the only answer you can have is a backup quest right. or a, sh a complete shift in the campaign. Okay, so mm -hmm. so before we get off this, when you say a backup quest or, or a, a a new quest, let's go back to the classic example of Indiana Jones and Vela. Is that is that what you're talking about? You know, he because I kind of I kind of feel like that that is something that needs to be in more games. They can't always win everything. Now, not not getting hit with TPKs left and right, but you, the the, the group shouldn't always, sure, be successful in finding mm -hmm. the MacGuffin, because that that builds that story. He might never find that little little idol again, but you've just created a a campaign long or hopefully a campaign long Villain. nemesis. 
Yeah. Well, I, I may be able to help out with that, with this next part. So let us let me roll into the death of a critical NPC or player, right? We've already yeah. kind of talked about the Edgar part, but the one that I'll go back to is I'll go back to Curse of Strahd. Same same group where uh, they, they TPK'd from the, the vampire spawn. Earlier in the adventure, spoiler alert for, for, for Curse of Strahd, go away if you don't want to hear them. I mean, it's only been, what, like four or five years, but anyway. Yeah. But whenever they went, whenever they found... Uh, Irina, uh, Koyana, and uh, what's his name? Ismark the Lesser. And you're supposed to go to Velaki with the two of them. And Irina is Strahd's reincarnated bride, right? Right. Well, they got to Velaki, and Irina ended up getting bite in the dust. Ended up getting, mm-hmm. getting, getting, getting killed along with Ismark the Lesser. And so now it's like, well, where's this? There's this pivotal character to the story of Irina being there. Now she kind of like fades into the background and becomes really unimportant. Uh, shortly after they enter into Velaki, but for the up to the first like third to half of the adventure, she's a really important character. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? So I gave myself a week, and then I pivoted by making uh, my wife's character actually the one that was the reincarnated form of Is- of uh, Strahd's bride. So mm. instead of one NPC being the 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 real MacGuffin, I made the player the MacGuffin. In that instance, mm. and it worked out like gangbusters. So the whole yeah. time, Strahd is coming to her and trying to feed on her and trying to turn her, and it it opened up this instead of it being a super adversarial relationship, it was almost like a uh, he's trying to turn her and trying to turn her from her from her friends or her comrades and things like that. It really developed a really a much deeper uh, story from it by by taking the failure that they had and saying, you know what. There's got to be a way to make this work, and they don't know that Irina is the reincarnated form of Strahd or of, of, of yeah. uh, Ilyana or whatever her name was, Strahd's girlfriend or Squeeze or whatever. Yeah, Tatiana. Ta- yeah, Tatiana. Thank you. Uh, didn't he didn't know? They don't know that, but I know, yeah. and so I know she's important. They know that they were like for them. It was get her to the to the, the town safely. That didn't happen, right? Yeah. So they they failed in it. We can roll with it. It's it's that fail. It's not a fail forward necessarily. It's a it's a pivot. It's just yeah. a way that you have, end up having to pivot sometimes. Yep. I mean, I'll 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 throw a brand new instance in here. This happened last week. Uh, I ran Iron Titan in Eberron for my mm-hmm. party, and they ran kind of, from the Iron Titan. Kind of ran. It. Yeah, they ran from the Colossus. Which what you gonna do? So you know, talk about a death of a critical NPC. The whole town of Salvation is destroyed. There's wow. a ton of important NPCs in Salvation, and there I'm are not NPCs sure that... that we created that are in there and that are yeah. all dead. Thanks all to dead. Your, yeah. your adventurers, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. ruined everything. That's right. <clears throat> and so you know, like like there's whole sections of the story that take place there. Now, luckily, the adventure outside after Iron Titan is supposed to go elsewhere for a little bit, mm-hmm. but eventually it's got to come back to salvation and that's going to be really hard to do. So I think for me, this turns from, you know, in, in, in the traditional adventure, the players are the heroes by the time they come back, mm-hmm. right? They're the people who have taken care of the town. They defeated the Iron Titan. They defeated Sal. They blah, 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 blah. Right now they're coming back for a redemption arc, right? Like, They've got to prove that this town that they abandoned, they, that they can redeem themselves in some way, and that you know they aren't the worst sort of adventurers that are only in it for the coin, mm-hmm. and you know everyone else be damned. 
So, I like like I'm really excited to see that. That that's a huge shift. That's something going horribly wrong. But I think that if you're like John said, if you're willing to roll with that shift and really think through what could this mean, like for my party, it's gonna mean they have to work a little bit harder for their reputation. And that I think could be a really cool moment knowing what's to come. That's going to be a really mm -hmm. cool moment if they can manage to actually, you know, prove themselves and surpass this, this negative that they now have dig right. themselves out of the hole, so to speak. Well, it's really the, when we're talking about defeat, I really do go back to the, the, the hero's journey, mm -hmm. the cyclical, like the wheel that they go on. And a part of that is that you have to face this moment of crippling adversity where a change occurs because otherwise the character that starts at the beginning and ends the same character is a pretty boring character. What we haven't talked about is when do you lean into the horrible situation? That, that was where I was going to take this. Yeah, go for because, it. Because there are moments where you see the, the, the car crash coming and you just steer your car into it, right? Or mm -hmm. you just you just let go of the wheel or whatever, like however you want that metaphor to look. Like... Or, or even what about when you when the defeat is part of it? Because you've got like like out of the abyss. It starts off with the characters are defeated because they're 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 stripped because of everything of... and they're yeah. in, in jail. Yeah. yeah. And they have to work up from there. Or um I just I just ran uh, a cent I, I said the other week a century of ashes for the Eberron yeah. adventures yeah and that little throwback scene is written to be a defeat yep is is there value in that is is it because it it is basically a beat for beat ripoff of of that Indiana Jones and Belloc scene from the first movie mm -hmm. yeah so. Is there value in doing that in your game? I'm going to write this little encounter, this little series that of may be, things. There may that may be a whole other topic as far as I think how to do that in a way that is going to be accepted by the party, because I think that's a really tricky thing to pull off, and it involves a lot of trust and goodwill. You're basically cashing in mm -hmm. your your DM brownie points. Mm -hmm. To get this moment so that you, because you you know it's going to pay off later, right? Like, right. I want to do this cool thing. It's important for my idea of what this story can be. So, you guys, here's my chips. You take them. I'm cashing them in. I get to do this thing, and we'll come back to it. Like, But that mm -hmm. might be like a whole other episode just exploring how that, that can happen. I'm more like like what I'm fascinated by, like, and I'll, I'll give just two really, I probably don't even have time for two. I can just summarize though and say like, I'm more interested when you see the TPK coming with a character death or whatever. And instead of pulling the ejector seat, you say, here we go. You, and that, you, and you, is that different than what happened with you in, in John's game where, where he was like, well, I got to let the players... Learn this I don't lesson? think, or is it more like, are you talking about it, like, I see the TPK coming, and let's do it. Let's well, let's, I, because, I think the difference. Yeah, hey. I think the difference between John and this is that John, 
and I think he read the room a little bit because I think the room consensus was we don't want this to stop right here right like they there was yeah. a little bit of like i was diehard like nope everybody's dead but the rest of the room was not quite there so oh, i yeah. think so i think that for me it's when you're like the chips are going to fall where they may and we're just going to we're going to let this play out i mean i Oracle of War that happened in a campaign that I was running a few weeks ago. Um, it happened in Middle Earth in campaign one. It hasn't happened fully in campaign two yet uh, very much, but this idea of like, this could be a TPK. It's probably going to involve player death. I'm going to let it happen. Mm-hmm. Where I lean into the defeat. That's like to me one of the parts of my notes in that is like that it's dangerous to think it that is way. Dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Very, very dangerous to think that you're. That we're talking about hubris. There's some hubris in that. That I feel like my story is going to be so good, they're going to thank me whenever I kill them. You know what I mean? Or like, or whenever they well, die, they're going to be like super, like, oh my god, that was the most epic thing that ever happened. Was yeah. us all getting our faces murdered? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying yeah, yeah, that yeah. I personally it's a dangerous don't... game. Yeah. Yeah, man. You're talking about yeah, dancing but... on the edge of a knife. That's that's the thing though. Like I love I love playing there. It's not always safe and it's not always the right call, but I love playing there because it creates those super memorable sure. moments, right? It's if you fight f- tooth and nail to keep a character alive and they have a soft death, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But if you you know, what did what does Coville say? Like the elemental steps on your head and crushes mm-hmm. you, right? Like mm-hmm. if you lean into it and say, This is gonna get rough and it's going to it's going to be visceral and it's going to the bad guy's going to gloat like Troy said at the beginning and he's going like and he's going to kill this guy because that's mm-hmm. what this guy would do that how oh man sometimes can be the most meaningful moments of the campaign before the end i mean one of my favorite one of my favorite movies is the mist and the reason why i love the mist so much is because of the ending because it is, it is so brave. It is not like I won't tell you exactly what it is. Go watch the mist. Yeah. It is not. A, it is not an, an ending that like I can't believe that it made it. It made it past the executives and the producers, the suits and at like uh, yeah. It, yeah. at the studio. It made it past the focus groups. How the hell did that happen? Because that ending is the most unHollywood ending you can have to a movie like that. And if you're going to watch it on John's recommendation, uh-huh. allow me to step in and say, but line up a, a good comedy afterwards. Yeah, it's it is a it it is not a happy ending. Let's just leave it like that. It yeah. To Girk's point, it is a Zach ending because Zach yeah. enjoys killing characters. <laughs> I I en- yeah. Well, I enjoy the. Uh, I, I'm probably a lot like um, some directors that I won't name, but um, I. Like there's a little bit of that that like visceral shock factor that I like to like latch onto and mm. use to my benefit, and also I hate being disingenuine, mm. right? So if I set up the parameters of these spiders attack people and then they drag them back off into their tunnels, mm-hmm. that is not ever going to stop. Yeah, right. Yeah. If that's the parameters of this fight, it doesn't matter that I've dropped three of you. All three of those bodies are getting drug into the tunnels because that's that's how these that's what happens. That's what happens. And I'm I'm not if I don't do that, I'm not going to like it. You're going you're gonna feel like I I um you, you cheesed it. 
I cheesed it, right? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, we're going to slow time, right? When it comes to those moments. And we're going to describe them in greater detail because I sense that this was a movie. You know, this is when um, when Boromir gets shot with the arrows, right? We're like, we don't hurry up through that. Yeah. Like, you you feel, and it goes into, like, one of the very few times in those movies that PJ rolls out the slow-mo, right? Mm -hmm. Is he wants you to feel every arrow because he's trying to tell you, you need to live in this moment for a minute because it can have this weight if you this allow something. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, we have a, as a player, one of the things I hate is when I know the DM pulled a punch. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, it's, it's, yeah. To pull a punch is one thing. To obviously, you know, horrible movie four foot away from your face pulling a punch mm -hmm. is. Well, it's yeah. the, it's, it doesn't pass the, the, uh, the, the refrigerator test. Like maybe in the moment you're okay with it, but then later on that afternoon or that evening, you're sitting there in front of the fridge getting a snack or something like that. I'm like, the hell did? Why did I do that's that? It's just not satisfying to me at all. It's like, yeah. did Zach let me win? God, that's ugh, I don't think I like that. You know? Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna be in a fight, you need to expect to die. Yep. And I think the big thing there, at least for me, is that I want the players to know that I'm going along with them. I don't like that your character is dying. Even mm -hmm. as I'm stepping on your head or dragging you as you're, into a as tunnel you're, or whatever. As you're twisting right. the knife yeah. and yeah. laughing yeah. maniacally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to, we're going to, you're going to know by the time this is over that this was not Zach's plan. <laughs> it just, right. it fell that way and Zach walked into it, right? So, good grief. Uh, so, there's a lot. But I know we're still, uh, I, I was, yeah, I say we're still not even done, but we've gone, yeah. we're pretty deep into this thing. I think we could probably. Push the push the pause button on it, and there's so much more that we can we can dig up later on in a part yeah, two, possibly. I think I think though that we've covered a pretty decent chunk as far as this oh, idea sure. of like, oh, yeah. you know, like there's so many ways that it can go wrong, and there's so mm. many ways that you can get out of it or choose not to. Like it's not we we I think we could end by making a little comment on there's just a feed on social media that was all about this, and reading mm. through all those comment threads, right, folks had a lot of different opinions on what a DM should do when this exact thing happens. Mm -hmm. And most of it was the DM should apologize, retcon, and and find a way out. I hope that our conversation today at least said, here are some alternatives to doing that. Because I think that's... I mean, if that's, that's not the answer most of the time, if that's what your group is good with and they, they truly want you to retcon that kind of stuff, I would bet right, money fine. that your campaign collapses in. Oh yeah. Three but I mean, if, that, if that's what, that if that's point, what yeah. your players are calling for. Yeah. 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 You know, that's fine. Cause I, I couldn't like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It, it was hard to do that with, with our TPK Zach, it was hard because yeah. I felt like I was with you that like, well, I mean, it, it happened. I don't know how to get back from this to where it's yeah. plausible. And it felt like it was not a, not a victory at all. It was a very, it was a hollow defeat when mm -hmm. we, when we tried to go back and when we tried to essentially rewrite on the back end, the story yeah. to make it feel like that, well, to do yeah. that. And so, yeah. yeah. So it lost its, yeah. it lost its, its sincerity, you know, yeah. uh, that's, you know. That's the capstone of this episode. Sincerity and, and a genuine experience mm. are the priorities here, right? Yeah. If you can oh, you know maintain those, 
I think I think you're you're setting yourself up for success in the most in, in the most likely way. I think it's also really important to have conversations with your players about this kind of thing, mm-hmm. on a regu- yes. not on a regular basis, but every once in a while, at least at the very beginning. This is the Session Zero concept again. It's like, look, let me tell you what kind of game we're going to play. Sometimes, or no, all the time, right? You do something dumb and you get yourself into trouble. I'm literally, I'm the referee. I'm not gunning for you trying to kill you, but you might lose. So be aware of it and be be prepared for the story to end where the good guys don't win every single time. Yeah, and not everybody's going to make it out, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think I think Troy, Troy has brought up another way that we can approach this topic at a later date. I think that that's probably going to happen because I think mm-hmm. this is. I mean, we didn't get through all of our examples, and we were just mm-hmm. throwing out examples without. There's a lot more just in our group, so this is something that happens with regularity. So we're going to come back to it and talk about it some more at a later date. But um, yep. for now, I say we put a pin in it. Say. Hopefully, there's some tools to be taken from this. And and if y'all have some uh, situations that are like this, send them our way. We'll talk about them. Yes, please. Like, seriously. Yeah. I want to yeah. hear about this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's a great segue to say um, the easiest way for you to get a hold of all of us and to for all of us to get to read it is if you'll head on over to our Facebook page and send a message that way. I encourage you to like and follow the page while you're at it. That's where we post when we're going live. That's when we post when we've got games available to run and when we're going to conventions and all sorts of stuff. So i uh, love for you to head on over to Facebook and give us a follow. I, I was going to comment, and I guess, I guess we could go ahead and comment and say that... Um, um, while I'm thinking about conventions here, I, I want to go ahead and plug and say that we're going to be at Gen Con and we're going to be at Origins, or at least some of us, um, mm-hmm. coming up this fall. So um, if that's something that you're considering, in a in stop a, by the Adventures League, the Baldwin Games Adventures League room and say hey. Absolutely, yeah, that's a great like, thing for you to shoot a message to us as well and tell us that you're coming, and we'll 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 find a way to hang out with you. So. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to put a pin in this for now, and we're going to come back later. Uh, Thanks to John. Thanks to Troy for hanging out with me yet again. Thanks to all our fine listeners for hanging out and uh, spending their evening with us. Thanks to you, dear podcast listener, for taking time out of your day. Until next week, we'll see you next time. Have a great game, everybody. Take care and be safe out there. All right. And then you see a hand reach down from the flue of the chimney into the oven and it's this black gray blue like uh hand with black fingertips and it's holding in its hand and rests right next to the cinnabon a glass of milk that still has condensation on it from how cold <laughs> the, the milk is inside oh man <laughs> he you're, goes, a, you're a dick <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes shit damn so, it <laughs>